less we charge, the more the service costs. That is the premise today for what Greg likes to call the Catholic black market. Welcome to Just Ask Rethinking Development Podcast with myself, Brian Wilburn, my co-host, Greg Jeffrey. And Greg is going to get into part one here of what is it? The Catholic black market, which is also who this podcast is brought to you today by. No, I'm kidding. But Greg, tell us, I mean, is that what you're going to explain today? Yeah. Over the course of decades, I've noticed something that I've come to call the Catholic black market. Now, for those listeners that are like in their 20s, they may not even be familiar with the term black market. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's kind of a term that comes from the Cold War era where the United States and the Soviet Union were in competition with one another, right? And in the Soviet Union, prior to the demise of the Soviet Union, under communism, they had the, the citizens there had a saying. They said, you know, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But, so it, it, there was the official economy, the one controlled by the government. But if you wanted that extra 10 pounds of flour, you knew you went to see Igor down the street and you gave him a few rubles on the side. And there was a way... There was a way to get what you needed. In other words, a black market is a is an alternative economy yeah. to the one that is supposed to be functioning in reality. Okay, right? so so it's an alternative economy. So the Catholic black yeah. market is an alternative economy, and the way the Catholic black market works is this: the minute that you step foot on Catholic property, you immediately make the assumption that you shouldn't have to pay full cost for anything. Ooh. So the minute let me just let me just recap that for myself here. The minute you step foot on Catholic property, you assume that you shouldn't have to pay for anything. Right. There is an expectation on people's part that the minute you step foot on Catholic property, that you shouldn't have to pay the true cost of whatever it is. Which is another way of saying you're expecting somebody else to pay for it. Or you're expecting whoever's putting on the service for do to do it for free. Mm. Whether that be musicians at mass or or whatever a, a summer camp, and so I'll give you I'll give you a couple of examples. Yeah, that has implications. Woo. Well, yeah. Um, so when it comes to this to the Catholic world, it seems to me we operate on this alternative economy. That you know, again, whenever you step foot on Catholic property, you don't expect to pay the true cost. Everything is, is expected to be at a discount, if not a deep discount. I'll give you an example. So. Let's say you're a mom with a couple of young boys and you send them off to hockey camp. And the hockey camp is charging several hundred dollars per week for that camp, right? And you're willing to pay it because it's hockey camp. My kid's going to be in the NHL. Right. Sure he is. But the pastor wants to charge, you know, $25 for a day camp for a week, all snacks and lunches included for a summer Bible camp and all of a sudden, <laughs> we got to have a parish council meeting. Yeah, on this. exactly. So that's my point: is we we ne- when it comes to, to to Catholic events, when it comes to Catholic things, uh, we don't ever expect to pay the true cost of it. And um, the the problem that that creates is the less we charge for various services, yeah, the more those services c- cost. Now, why would that be? 
the less you charge, the more they cost. Well, somebody's got to pay for it. Because somebody has to pay for it. Somebody has to give a donation to cover the difference, right? And if somebody's given a donation to cover the difference, what does that mean? It means a guy like you or I has to go and find the money. Mm-hmm. We have to pay money for, for mailings or postage or time you know, to, to make some phone calls, to, to, to find those donations. And the cost of getting those donations to cover that incremental cost difference yeah. makes the overall cost of the operation that much more expensive. So the point I'm trying to make here in this part one of the Catholic black market economy is I think we need to deeply rethink how we price things that services that we put on in the Catholic Church. We have so trained people over the course of decades to expect to not pay anything for anything yeah. in the Catholic Church that we've kind of trained them that way, right? I had a I had a principal once tell me this, kind of tongue-in-cheek. He said, we've been doing so much with so little for so long, people expect everything for nothing forever. <laughs> yeah, you I know, can see that. Yeah, and, and that's where we're at. Well, okay, uh, and I don't know if this is going to throw you off off your your plan here, but one thing that comes to my mind on this is um, the church always says, you know, we have a preferential option for the poor. So I'm sure there might be a listener out there who's thinking, well, isn't the reason that we make it pretty much free is because you're you're pricing it at the point of that lowest person to enter the church, the poor? So what do you what would you say to that? And, and that's the overarching motivation for trying to give away everything for free. The reality is, and we're going to talk about this in our next podcast okay. in part two, about the implications of trying to do everything for free or virtually free. Um, um, the, the question is, how, how did we get here? I think that from from, uh, from our earliest days, you know, we're trained to to have this expectation that when you step foot on Catholic property, everything should be subsidized by somebody else. I'll give an ex- I'll give you my perfect example. Go since, ahead, since you work at NDSU's uh, St. Paul's Newman Center, Buckluck. Yeah. How, yeah. Okay. <laughs> For our listeners, what is Buckluck, Brian? What is Buckluck? The Buckluck has been going on since the '60s. We have they had the Sunday dinner for the students on the campus. Now, when it started, it was. The Bucklock. Now, mind you, a buck was different in the 60s than it was today, but we have never adjusted for inflation, and it is still dinner for a dollar. We give them a full meal that night for a dollar. That's it. And, or even just a free will offering now, but it's called the Bucklock. Okay. So a buck in 1960 is probably equivalent of like $10 today, right? Yeah, yeah probably about. Pretty, cl- pretty close, right? And so Bucklock is because those two words rhyme. And because we want to make it as low as possible to get as many people as That's possible, right. we we have we we've never in, increased the charge of that, which means somebody else is paying for that bowl of spaghetti. Yep, definitely. exactly. So, to my way of thinking, if we wanted to not educate people in this frame of mind that everything should be subsidized by by someone else, I put up maybe maybe you're already doing this. I put up a. A, 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 a donation basket, right? Let's say the, the the cost of the of the meal is seven dollars and fifty cents. Your generosity is appreciated. Set the bar, right? Okay, give them a little something. That that's what I would do. So, but yeah. that, that that's just one example. All I'm trying to say is somehow 
Um, we're going to talk about this in part two. Um, somehow we need to think through the Catholic black market economy because of the implications of of all the negative consequences of what happens in the, in the in our efforts to spread the faith because of the Catholic black market economy, which creates a situation where we can't afford to, to, to pay people. We can't, you know, there's a lot of things we can't afford because of this mentality that we've we've ingrained in people. I mean, why will people pay? you know, $8 for a glass of craft beer because they've been trained to to, 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 yeah. to, oh, yeah. to understand that that's the value of it. Meanwhile, if you go into a restaurant, a glass of milk could be maybe $1.50 or $2, right? Right. Why is that? The milk is certainly cost a whole lot more to make than a, than a pint of beer. It's all about this expectation it's you create. It's all about the expectations you create. So that's what we're going to talk about next time as well. Well, I think it's an awesome topic. And honestly, guys out there, wherever you uh, listen to the podcast and wherever you know you see it, if, if uh, we're going to post this on LinkedIn, um, give us a comment. Let us know what you think. What do you think about the Catholic black market? And I'm excited for Greg to give us part two on this. Between now and then, do us a favor. Go on to wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and give us a five-star rating. We would love that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for the Catholic Black Market Part 2.